0: Welcome, everyone. This is episode eight of Expressions from the Heart. I'm your host, Sarah Melody. And today, I'm joined by Laura Foster. Laura Foster is a registered social worker and yoga teacher in Simcoe County. She has experience working in areas of intimate partner violence, criminal justice, and mental health. Passionate about using yoga for self-care and has struggled with anxiety from a young age and credits yoga for helping her with her mental health, Please welcome Laura Foster. Hi Laura, thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really enjoying these times of like reconnecting over Zoom and over Skype and all these new forms that I haven't seen you probably in a good oh probably somewhere around 6 months and we've been connected not only through the the uh, yoga community here in Barrie, but I always see you at different music events. I've bumped <laughs> into you a couple times
1: <laughs> at the Songwriter really series. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really funny that you bring that up because I remember seeing you I think it was last November at Dane Mangan I'm like everywhere I go in Barry I see her oh my gosh oh my goodness yeah I'm I just you know being a musician
0: myself I love to support other local um, artists and and, you know especially when we have great talent like Dan that comes into town so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: (laughs) my partner is wonderful she doesn't like to go out with me because she's like, you're going to bump into five people every time I go somewhere. So
1: maybe I need to just get
0: home a little bit. <laughs> so how, um, how did yoga come to you? Because I feel like every yoga teacher has a different journey of how they got to yoga. So when did you first take your, your first
1: yoga class? Actually, let's go that far back. Yeah. Um, well, I took my first yoga class back in first year university. Um, And I took it as a way to kind of cope with my anxiety, to relax, to be able to calm down during exams and the stress of school. And then I kind of fell in love with it that way. Like, for me, it was more so about the mental benefits that I got from yoga. Um, Yeah, and then from there, I've just been doing yoga on and off until 2018, and then in 2018, I decided I want to do my yoga teacher training. It's something that I had thought about for a long time. Um, So I did that. And ever since then, I've been doing yoga much more regularly. And I love it. It's it's really helped me. Was there something significant, you know, of
0: course, going to school at that time, there's a lot of stress. Was there something significant in 2018 that really was just like, this is your aha moment, I need to do this training?
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I was at a really stressful job actually. Um, and yeah, like I, I always knew that I wanted to do the training, but it was just, when am I going to do it? So at that point I was like, no, like this is the perfect time to do it. Like kind of leave what you're doing and, and go on and do that.
0: Beautiful. I love that. I can actually really relate to that as well. Being um, in a job that just didn't align anymore and coming across mm-hmm. that. Yeah so your you said that you know in the beginning you went to yoga for mental health and I feel like for a lot of people they go for the stretch what would you say to a student or someone that you're just speaking with you know what what benefits could they get or I think it's really just interesting to hear from you that your first connection was mental health where a lot of the usual connection is the physical part
1: Mhm mhm Yeah so I think for a lot of people like they think that yoga is just asana awesome. And for anyone who's not familiar with that, that's kind of just like the movement part of yoga. But yoga is so much more than that. So, you know, the the mental health benefits that you get from doing pranayama, breathing, um, meditation, um, there's just so much more to the practice of yoga that I think most people are aware of. And I love that you shared in your bio that you
0: struggle with anxiety from a young age. I always joke that I had no idea what it was when I was struggling with it <laughs> at the age of like 9.
1: No. <laughs> I was <a> strange kid. <laughs> now, more
0: than ever, everyone has either been affected by mental health in some form or is uh, struggling at their own level of it. And what, was there um, either a scenario in your life or is there another moment that was like, wow, this is, this is becoming really challenging for me
1: and not manageable? hmm um, yeah, like I actually, I think my anxiety got really bad probably around the time I actually did my yoga teacher training, so maybe two years ago. Um, so then for the past two years, along with doing yoga, I've also been doing a lot of physical activity um, in mindfulness meditation. So I found that physical activity has been really helpful for me. Um, I had a goal last summer to do a 5K run. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a runner. And I was like, okay, 5K is manageable. I can work my way up to this. And I did it and I was really proud of myself. And then I was like, you know what? I think I can push myself further and register for a 10K which like years ago, that would have been a completely unrealistic goal, like you could never do that. Um, And I I did that, Um, I was supposed to do the race in July, um, so this month, but because of COVID, that didn't happen. But I still decided to do the run on the day that the race was supposed to take place anyway. Um, And I met my goal of doing it in under an hour, which is great. Um, but yeah, like I got into these things more so for the physical part of it and just for reaching my goals. But along the way I realized that it really helped with my mental health. Absolutely. Now
0: let's talk a little bit about um your the social worker side of you, because I feel like that's got to be a very challenging job. Um and not saying that yoga teaching isn't, I, I can relate to that of it's holding space for people. It's just a different type of connection. How do you find that balance of taking care of yourself, if in both of your roles, you're still taking (laughs) care of others?
1: Yeah, no, that is a really good question. Um, I think that's where self-care really comes in. And it's really, really important. Um, It's kind of like that analogy that I'm sure many of your listeners have heard before about if you're on an airplane, and it's going down, You put your oxygen mask on before, you know, your child, your vulnerable child beside you. And the reason we do that is because we can't really be of service or help to anyone else if we're not caring for ourselves. Um, So self-care has been a big part of my life and it definitely takes practice. Like I'm not an expert at it by any means. I'm I'm learning along the way as well. Um, But, yeah, that's really important.
0: And I think for us, actually, in that those roles that we play, we need to <laughs> do it's a little bit harder, actually, at times, like the amount of little reminders I put in my phone to be like, Sarah, self-care, put yourself first. Um, half the time I just ignore it. But to <laughs> talk to a friend or talk to a student, I'm like, have you been doing this? Have you been carving out time for yourself? Like it's really easier said than done. So Mm -hmm. how long um, with your registered social work, like how long have you been doing that? I'm assuming that's what you went to school for. So that became your focus before yoga. So Mm -hmm. was that also 2018 or earlier?
1: That was earlier. So um, I graduated with my Bachelor of Social Work in 2013. Um, So I've been practicing since then in different roles.
0: And at the end of the day, like, how do you unwind? What do you do when you get home from your job?
1: Yeah. Um, so, like I said before, the physical activity has been really helpful for me. But you don't um, go for a 5K run every night, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, no, not at all. Um, mindfulness, like, mindfulness meditation has been really helpful. Like, even if it's just doing 10 minutes. Um, Like even actually just before we had this talk, I did a 10 minute meditation. Good Um, for you, I love that. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Um, what else do I do? Uh, I really try to prioritize time with my loved ones. Um, Yeah, um, I try to eat well, just kind of like a lot of little things. Um, But some days are, are harder than others. You know, like some days I come home and I'm really stressed out And my automatic impulse is to just scroll through Instagram, just for that, you know, instant gratification. It's a way to escape from my thoughts. Um, And not to say that things like that are bad. I think we all need that sometimes. But when you're doing that every day, you kind of just get into this loop of not being happy with it. So.
0: And it's the new human response as well. It's a distraction from our our day to day and I think it's a new, a natural, I hate to admit to that, but I'm also guilty for just scrolling through. Let's go back to that mindfulness though a bit. So for a listener that maybe is new to that, um, maybe explain a bit, you know, were you sitting down with an app to do your meditation or were you uh, listening to something on your phone or were you just sitting in silence? What does your process of mindfulness look like?
1: Yeah. um, So it's different. So I do use an app a lot of the time, uh, Insight Timer, which is a free app. Um, There's a lot of other apps out there. Uh, Like I've heard good things about the Calm app and Headspace, uh, but I know for sure Insight Timer is free, which is great. Um, And I also did a nine week, um, let me just get the name right, mindful cognitive behavioral therapy program Um, through the Center for Inner Freedom in Barrie, and that's led by Dr. Jock Reichman, who is a psychiatrist, and uh, because I couldn't go there in person because of COVID, I did it online, and it was two hours and 45 minutes once a week for nine weeks, and it was amazing. So he taught me so much about mindfulness and meditation, Um, and for anyone who is interested in accessing that service, it is free. It's covered by OHIP, So it's kind of like this hidden gem that we have in Barry. Um, Very cool. You have to send me the link so I can put in the show notes for everybody. For sure, for sure. Um, So along with that program, he gave a lot of um, guided mindfulness meditation. So I've been doing that as well.
0: So I think the thing with meditation is that a lot of us feel, um, that we have to dedicate a lot of time to it. Are you sitting down and doing a two hour, you know, when we hear two hour, I know you're doing a course with him for two hours, not, I'm assuming you weren't sitting in meditation for two hours, (laughs) at least not yet. Maybe that's the goal, um, for your day to day practice. Like how long do you sit and meditate for?
1: Yeah. Um, roughly 15 minutes every day. Some days it'll be shorter. Some days it'll be longer. Um, But that's just the thing, like even if you're able to start small, like five minutes a day, you're still going to get the benefit.
0: I agree. And that's usually what I tell my friends or my students. I say, you know, start with five minutes and then make it three times a day. And then if you have that time where you can carve out and just do that one 15 minute block and build up to that. Uh, Last year, I was actually really practicing chanting uh, with my old roommate who's now become a really great friend and she introduced me to Nichron Buddhism. So it's more of this new age Buddhism and we would sit and chant and I got up to an hour a day. I was really impressed with myself. I don't even watch Netflix for an hour. Like I sat (laughs) and chanted for an hour a day. And unfortunately like life gets in the way and, and stuff starts to happen. My best friend got married last year and then my chanting just got, okay, I'll do a little bit here, a little bit there, just with maid of honor duties. But for mm-hmm. someone that's finding that their schedule is changing or, um, you know, just right now, everyone doesn't really have a routine with yeah. this new life that we're in. If they're not working right now, it's really challenging to give yourself that kick in the butt to focus on something. So maybe back to your 5K, how did you set out those goals? And so let's talk a little bit about, about goals and, um, and planning yeah. that kind of side of things.
1: Yeah, no, Absolutely. So I definitely didn't just hit the ground running, doing a 5K. Um, Or 15 minutes of
0: meditation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: So I would work up to it. Like I would dedicate a couple times a week that I was going to run and I would make a goal of, you know, running 1K. And then as the months progressed, I would just kind of bump it up little by little because um, I think people, you're right. I think people can get overwhelmed, right? Like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to be doing like a two hour meditation? But no, especially if you're just starting, that's completely unrealistic. And I think
0: a lot of us too, we're like an hour, an hour seems like a long time. But when we go and do an hour yoga class,
1: mm-hmm. we know
0: that we're dedicated to that time. So maybe it's not sitting in silence. Maybe your meditation is going for a walk and it's walking meditation. Or yeah you know listening to um, some ambient music or something along the lines like that. I think the fear of sitting still in this go-to-go day-to-day busy life that we have. How has your life changed during COVID? I'm assuming you've been working through with the field that you're in?
1: Yeah um, I was working and then I transitioned to working from home but I was working on a contract and that contract ended so I'm actually um, not working at the moment but for me, uh, I really can't complain. Like things have been pretty good. It's been kind of a blessing to have this time to kind of slow down and, and focus on my needs. Like that's why I, I ended up doing that nine week mindfulness uh, meditation course because I, yeah, I was kind of feeling like this would be the perfect time to do that. Um, so yeah, no, I feel really grateful that um, things have been pretty good for me during COVID. You know, I just cleaned
0: my fridge after four months of being like, it's COVID. I should clean my fridge. This morning, I got up before our podcast and I was like, I need to clean my fridge at six in the morning. I'm not even kidding you. So I think at the beginning, we were all like, you know what? I have this time off. I'm going to repaint. I'm going to do the garden. I'm going to do that house project. And I just, at the beginning, I was like, you know what, Sarah, you can write your list all you want but don't be so hard on yourself. So the fact that it took me however many four months to clean up my fridge and like get rid of those jars of old hot peppers that I'm not even using anymore. Like, you know, it takes time, (laughs) whether it's (laughs) a 5K or a fridge. Um, So as you can see, I like to have a little bit of humor in this podcast and that's why it's called Expressions from the Heart and really the dialogue is supposed to be about candid conversations about mental health, yoga, music, creativity what are other ways that you like to express yourself as Laura, not Laura, the, you know, uh, registered social worker or Laura, the yoga teacher, but just as Laura, like, how do you like to express yourself?
1: Mm, Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah. To be completely honest, I'm not really sure.
0: Well, and (laughs) I, I think the typical thing is to think like about, Uh, singing or dancing and it doesn't even have to be a craft like it can be something that you know what lights you up is maybe the better question that was kind of my next question but like what lights you up and you mentioned like you like to spend a lot of time with your loved ones Mm -hmm. um and I'm assuming that that means that they feed you and fuel you um so how do you you know how do you express yourself in other forms
1: yeah um well, I really like to be out in nature, really like to be like out around water. I find that that's really therapeutic for me. Um, yeah. And then with my loved ones, like just spending time with my partner is um, so nourishing for me. And we have a cat who we absolutely love. Like <laughs> anyone who knows me, who's going to be listening to this will probably laugh because our cat is like our baby. So just spending time with her makes me so happy too. And I'm just a really big animal lover in general. So yeah, anytime I'm able to be around animals, like that's a really good form of self-care for me.
0: Yeah. And I saw that you did a little bit of the the dog yoga and Mm -hmm. um, what was, how, how did that come to be? And I have my own experience with teaching dog yoga, but I don't know how you felt with it. Um, Like, you know, just anyways, I'll let you answer first and then I'll share my my part.
1: (laughs) I know it's 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 pretty funny what can happen during puppy yoga. <laughs> um, the gym that I used to teach yoga at, um, I, I attended that gym, and then they found out that I was a yoga teacher, and they wanted to know if I could come and teach that puppy yoga class because um, the nonprofit finding them homes—that's the nonprofit they were working with. Um, yeah, and and I did it, and I was actually one of my first times teaching yoga. You know what? I think it was actually my first time teaching yoga, um, which was kind of. It was funny because I spent so much time preparing for it because I was so nervous. But then I got there and like, you know, the puppies are everywhere. No one is listening to you. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of the perfect introduction to teaching yoga. It's like pretty low pressure. How is that for your type A at the beginning of our
0: podcast? You mentioned you're so type A and I'm like, I can relate to that. I'm a recovering perfectionism
1: and a recovering type A. Oh, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I know. It was a good lesson for me. I'm like, things are not going to go as planned. And I even found find that in my social work career, you know, when I'm teaching a group or something like you kind of have an idea of how you want to run things. But at the end of the day, you just have to go with the flow. And it's going to be more genuine when you do that anyway.
0: And I think in yoga teacher training, we're always taught that your class is going to change. You can, you can plan till the cows come home, but the second that you step into that space, you can have a brand new student. You can have a student with an injury. Now you're holding space for many different levels of students, and you have to be um, available to you know, change, change it up on a fly. So back to the dog yoga, I always say to people, I'm, I'm training humans, not dogs. <laughs> So really, this is just going to be more like yoga with dogs, running around, doing their thing, sniffing each other's butts, like, it's <laughs> you know, Instagram and all that has made it into, oh, yeah, my dog can do Cobra. Yeah, my dog does do Cobra every morning at 7 a.m. If you want to come over at that time, that only time <laughs> that she does it. <laughs> so I think that's the, the fun part of it, but there have been many different forms of um, yoga now that's marketed towards us? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I know there's beer yoga, there's dog yoga, there's, uh, acro, there's, you know, aerial yoga. There's so many different forms of that.
1: How do you, how do you connect with that? Yeah, I know. That's a really good question. Um, I think, yeah, when we do things like that, like the kind of yoga and culture, right? Like yoga and puppies, yoga and beer. Um, In in my opinion, it's not really yoga because we're, we're not really like, what is the word, like being kind of mindful, like we're very distracted, I think, when we do those forms of yoga. But at the same time, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, doing like a puppy movement class. Um, Should we really be calling it puppy yoga? In my opinion, probably not. Um, But Yeah, I think like doing a puppy movement class is fun and and there's no problem with that.
0: I love that you called it that. You know, I call those type of yoga is more like novelty yoga. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, the positive side is that it's making yoga more accessible and noticed. So for that person that maybe was like, you know what, I'll never do yoga because it's too slow. It's too boring. But all of a sudden they come to a puppy yoga class and oh, that's what you're doing oh I could actually do that and get over that fear if that gets them to the mat that's the part I do like about this more novelty marketed yoga mm-hmm.
1: on a personal
0: note I don't connect with yoga and alcohol um, and not to say that you know I don't socially drink but just for me in my practice whether I'm teaching or the student I feel I'm already in that euphoric state through my
1: practice. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm already settling and I'm already finding, you know, different relaxation. Like, how do you feel when you're in your practice?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I feel the same way. And I feel like if I were to be using substances, um, it would definitely be a different experience for sure. It might be interesting, but I feel like it, I wouldn't be connecting in the same way. So I know where you're coming from.
0: And especially for both of us um, struggling with anxiety, our, our lives and, you know, I felt like yoga was always that big release. The amount of times I've cried in a yoga class <laughs> when I first started going regularly, <laughs> you know, I always joke that um, my mom said to me at one point, like, I don't think you should do that yoga thing anymore. Every time you come home, you were crying. And I'm like, no, oh, no. <laughs> I think it was doing something. That's usually the conversation. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, it's, it's just
1: cry, right? It's it's good to release.
0: It's exactly. It's, it is a beautiful release to let go and, you know, working into that tension, working into, the nervous system, Um, yeah, what would would you do for a student if you have had a student cry in your class? Like, how do you hold space for that person?
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I would just kind of leave them be and to have that experience, unless I could see that they were in distress. Um, And then, yeah, after I think, depending on the situation, if it felt natural to do so, I might just check in and see how they're doing. but yeah, I also kind of don't want them to feel like they're sticking out like a sore thumb because they're crying because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. How do you find that balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's tricky. I think it's, um, it's really dependent on the person and the situation. Um, yeah, like we want to care for our students, of course, but we also, I think, want them to, to kind of empower them to have their own experiences as well. Have you taught any social distance classes? I haven't. Um, I have recorded some classes, um, but I haven't done any live ones. But I know you have been doing a lot of live ones. Well, but I'm just thinking that right now about, you know, when you're in the studio
0: and you are holding space for someone that is yeah. crying, it's very, there is a way of you can go up to them and put a hand on their back. But now with no mm-hmm.
1: touching
0: and yes. keeping your six feet, as you mentioned, you know, you could check in with them. I'm already thinking right now, like, how do I do that from six feet? I'm going to have to like wave them down and be like, Hey, make eye contact with me. Are you okay? Um, I think that just is changing the experience of yoga. That's our new uh, hurdle to come over is that we're going to have to give that person their own space. And maybe it's a one-on-one after the class, but that's the new challenge, I guess it's going to be, is that I can't go over and hold that person in child's pose, that I can't go over and put my hand on their shoulder. Um, You know, finding those new forms of connection is definitely going to be a a challenge for all of us as yoga teachers.
1: Yeah. And how have you found it
0: so far with that? I find that the atmosphere um, we've been doing the last month outdoors, and then within the last week we've gone back indoors. The outdoors allows it to be playful. You have cars driving by. You have a little bit of distraction, which also brings you back to your mindfulness of, right, oh, that car literally just drove by. It wasn't just a thought. I better come back to my my practice and not get distracted. Then moving back into the space, people are so grateful just to be there and to have community again. And in some cases, they're like, I feel just so depleted. I just need to be here. It's not even about, like you said, at the beginning of this podcast, it's not about the stretch anymore. It's about the community. So Mm -hmm. everyone has been really great and given a lot of great feedback. Um, But the part that I'm struggling with is not only like, again, I joked about type A, but I'm also very active in my class and I teach. Like I'm even doing this podcast right now, using my hands and no one can see me except for Laura. <laughs> is, we're looking at each other face to face, but later you'll hear this, just the recording. I'm a very visual, active person. Yes. That, that's my new challenge. I've been joking from the beginning. I'm going to have to get myself a leash and hook it up to my mat. And once I step off my six feet, it's going to pull me back <laughs> or something. So there's it's definitely, a to to. Pardon me? it's a lot to get used to. Yes, but uh, back to your question. For me, yeah, I think definitely people are just grateful to be there, and it's a new, a new, um, a new era of yoga. Yeah. So, what's next for you? What's next on your your projects? What's what are you working on?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, I do definitely want to get back into teaching yoga more, um, and just on a personal personal note, I would love to keep up with my mindfulness meditation. Um, I think I will probably still continue to take classes at the Center for Inner Freedom. I found it very, very valuable. Um, Yeah, and just kind of take it one day at a time.
0: And please let us know if you are doing the puppy yoga again, because I would like to come without my dog and enjoy other people's dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Laura, for being on our show. Um, How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you and your yoga and everything that you do?
1: Yeah, um, so I do have a page on Instagram, it's at Laura Foster Yoga, so feel free to check that out. Um, And then I kind of just wanted to talk about, if it's okay, just (laughs) in the community, because I know we're talking about mental health and um, self-care, so if you find that you are struggling, or if you have anyone who's struggling, um, we do have some resources in Simcoe County. So we have Catholic Family Services of Simcoe County. And they usually have a free walk-in clinic, but because of COVID, that's not running. So they do have a call-in counseling clinic. And you basically just call the number, um, which I can give to you for the show notes. And feel free to
0: say it on, on, if you have it handy right now, feel free to say it for those listening.
1: Sure, sure. So the call-in counseling clinic is 1-888-726-2503. And you just leave a message and the intake team will call you back to set up your free counseling session. The clinic line is monitored from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday, um, just not including holidays. Uh, The Centre for Inner Freedom, which I was talking about before, if you want to find out more information, their website is www.centre, centre being er, And then the Canadian Mental Health Association also has a 24-7 crisis line. So if you ever need to talk to someone, you can call their number at 705 728 5044 or toll, th- toll free at one 893 8333
0: Can you say that last number one more time? I think we got cut off.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. So their toll free number is 1-888-893-8333.
0: Great. Thank you. I really appreciate your type A right now for writing all those notes out for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And, and more on a more serious note, I have personally used uh, Catholic Family Services in the past, probably about 10 years ago, and just so grateful for all the resources that we have in Simcoe County. We really do take it for granted um, that we have access to that and even financial support for those things. So please, anybody that needs, please reach out. There's no shame in reaching out, um, you know, from another yogi, another recovering perfectionist and still struggling with anxiety it's there's no shame at all so please if you need to speak to someone reach out thank you laura for for sharing and caring today it was so great to have you and thanks for truly speaking from the heart
1: today i appreciate that thank you so much all right we will talk soon bye bye